who knocks. Huh? Huh? Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Cause your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Alright, hello and welcome to my first time the podcast, all about the gaps in our pop culture resume each episode. Our panel sits down to debate, dispute and discuss a much-loved classic and they'll be joined, of course, by the first-timer, someone who's never before experienced that cultural icon. Will they see what the fuss is about or be left wondering, what the hell was that? My name is Dan and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Yo! And Aiden. This guy! And this week we <laughs> are joined in the studio by Jennifer Barry. Who has taken us back to the 80s for the Ridley Scott classic, Blade Runner. Welcome, Jennifer. Hello. Why has Blade Runner eluded your cinematic viewing? Are you a sci-fi fan? That's what I want to know first. I am. But you hadn't seen Blade Runner. I know. How does that happen? I don't. I don't. (laughs) Honestly, I don't know. Because I'm the biggest Star Wars fan. I'm the... Well, not big on Star Trek, but like, I'm... She says as she looks to Eden. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, noticed I noticed that. You're the, po- the poster boy for it. A slightly well, apologetic no. look in her eyes. <laughs> like looking at a puppy she's about to put down. Yeah. But yeah, I don't... Keep story. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I thought I had seen it. I swear. And then I realised, oh wait, I've only seen that monologue of Roy in the rain. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, do you, are friends of yours tried to get you to watch it? Or, you know, have you been in conversations where it's come up and you've either just had to admit you hadn't seen it or just pretended you'd seen it because you didn't want to be, get scorned by sci-fi lovers? A lot of it was pretending that I had yeah, seen we've it. We've all been there. <clears throat> but my housemate loves 80s Harrison Ford. Like, she would go back in time and marry that man. So she's always been like, hey... Why don't we put on Blade Runner? I've been like, no, it's fine. <laughs> well, very interested to find uh, out your thoughts about Blade Runner soon. But before we uh, get into our little Blade Runner rundown, I'm gonna we're gonna do something. We're gonna roll out something new here. Uh, you're a guest, uh, and a lot of our listeners might not uh, have much idea about who you are as a person. So to put your comments uh, into context, I'm going to ask, make, I'm going to make ten statements, and all you can say in response is yes, no. Okay, oh it's okay. a pop culture statement. Is this a vo- a Voight Kampf test? <laughs> yes. <laughs> sorry, okay. Sorry. Yes. For those that don't know, what do those words mean? Oh, Voight, it's just Voight the. the well, well, we'll probably get into it no, later. No, no. You say oh, now. Yeah. Say now. Uh, the Voight Kampf test, of course, is from Blade Runner. It is the thing that tests to see if someone is a replicant or not. Of course. <laughs> yes. A replicant being a... An android or an Andy. <laughs> <laughs> an Andy. <laughs> All right, here we go. <clears throat> yes, no, I don't want any clarifying statements. No maybes, no ifs, buts, no candy nuts. Just yes, no. <laughs> Sorry. Good night myself. All right. Anime. Yes. Ben Affleck over Matt Damon. No. Grease 2. Yes. The Logies. No. Tweeting about TV shows using the advertised hashtags. No. Jeff Daniels is better than Jim Carrey in Dumb and Dumber. Yes. Ballet. No. Texting in the cinema. No. Playing Angry Birds in 2017. No. 
Ted Danson. Yes. You pass. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hear about Blade Runner. Where does artificial intelligence end and human life begin? That perhaps is the central question posed in director Ridley Scott's science fiction classic Blade Runner. Released in 1983, the movie is set in a dark, hostile, futuristic Los Angeles where cars fly and people call each other from public payphones. Video public payphones! Amazing! (laughs) But the biggest development in Blade Runner's vision of the future is the presence of lifelike robots that are nearly indistinguishable from actual humans. The robots are designed by the Terrell organisation to work on the Mars colony and have a lifespan of just four years, a kind of fail-safe mechanism should the robots attempt to overthrow their human masters. Of course, if you were a highly intelligent humanoid robot certain to be dead in four years from the moment you first gained conscious thought, then you might question the fairness of such an existence, and that's exactly what happens in Blade Runner, a small posse of violent rogue robots, Andes, led by Roy, played by Rutger Hauer, make their way back to Earth, seeking a way to extend their lives. Ex-police officer Richard Deckard Harrison Ford is coerced to hunt down the robots called replicants and retire them, a euphemism for robot execution. From there, Deckard picks the robots off one by one, though both he and the viewer are called to question the morality of his mission when he falls for Terrell's daughter Rachel, whom he discovers is actually a highly advanced replicant. The original version of the film leans heavily on Deckard's film noir-style voiceover slash internal monologue to guide the viewer through the film, but that wasn't the original vision of Ridley Scott, who had the voiceover thrust on him by a nervous studio that thought the movie was too ambitious to find a blockbuster audience. And you know what? The studio was kind of right. Even with the shoehorned-in voiceover, the movie barely found an audience upon release. It was basically a low-level flop, though over time it has become both a cult classic and critical darling. Subsequent reissues of the film have had the voice over removed entirely. Blade Runner is based loosely on the novel Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by prolific and influential sci-fi novelist Philip K. Dick. The movie was the first cinematic Dick adaption leading to many (laughs) other directors adapting his stories in films such as Minority Report, Total Recall, A Scanner Darkly and Paycheck. And now, of course, Blade Runner gets a sequel, Blade Runner 2049, starring Ryan Gosling and a warmed-up Harrison Ford back to cash in on another one of his Glory Day films. But what does our first time to make of it all? Is Blade Runner a poignant sci-fi exploration of humanity or just a dodgy replica of a film noir movie in a cheap sci-fi suit? What's your thoughts, Jennifer? I do have thoughts. Lots of them? Lots of thoughts. Care to share them? Yes. Out loud on the podcast? As long as this is a safe space. Safe space of only minimal judgment. (laughs) Um, I originally, obviously, when Eden got me into the podcast, um, I was in JB Hi-Fi and I saw at least three versions of this movie. And I remember just standing there being like, Oh my god! Uh, uh, so I just picked up the Blu-ray, um, which is the final cut, and that was the one that Ridley Scott 
had total control. I'm so glad you said that. All of, this yeah. is the one without the voiceover. Yes. Mm. Which was the one I chose to watch off the uh, unnamed Massive Corporation streaming service. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, I, then I felt really bad when I was doing a bit of research. I was like, oh, crap, I missed the like main one of the film that most people would have it's seen. Okay. But it's you okay. did too. It's okay, guys. I've got us covered. I had the voiceover. Oh. And oh, okay. did you enjoy Oh, no, 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 no. I thoroughly, <laughs> thoroughly disliked this film. <laughs> Ian, you perhaps oh. are the most, uh, you're a fan I of the love film. It, yeah. Okay, so you are most familiar with the voiceover version? Uh, I, I wouldn't say most familiar with it because I've seen the non-voiceover version more recently and more times recently, but I have seen the voiceover version and I prefer the final cut, like mm. the... Non voiceover. <laughs> I'm gonna throw it. Jennifer, it's... did you watch the other version, have, or have you only no, now seen the final cut? Just seen the final cut. Oh, interesting. So do, you, so, do you think more people prefer the final cut? I'm not sure about that. I, mean, I, 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 you know, I think more people do prefer the final cut because I think it's a bit more uh, dark or something. Like the ending is a little bit grittier. It's a bit more violent as well. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, well, if this final cut trend kind of catches on, is it worth releasing this podcast with a final cut without any of the voices? <laughs> no? Just whatever sound effects <laughs> the small clips we've used. Probably still get the same amount of downloads, so it won't matter. <laughs> All our friends who download it, but don't actually listen to it. Damn those people. Uh, yeah, so let's let's just start with uh, your reactions to the film. Like, uh, what 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 did you think as you were watching it? Did, was it leaping off the screen at you? Were you enjoying? To be fair, yeah. Especially with the special effects. I remember thinking, oh my God, this is from 1982? Mm. Oh my God. Like, this could hold up today. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, mm. But... <laughs> <laughs> but when uh, the final cut first started, I don't know about the other versions, but um, reading... I was like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's very similar to Star Wars in that way. It has the scrolling text at the beginning of the film that yeah. sort of runs you through, like, mm. what life is like Does in 2019. You, you don't like the You don't like the sort of the exposition dump at the beginning of a movie? Well, at least with Star Wars, it's actually dynamic in some way. Like, mm. it's moving. It's It's got, a like, a big bold, fanfare. Yeah, yeah, bold yellow colour. This yeah. was just white writing on a black screen. It was a bit 1950s movie in that regard, wasn't yeah. it? Was it bit, yeah, wasn't that? Engaging as an intro. Yeah. I do think that the film's depiction of the future... I, I, this is sort of my first time, too. Like, I'd, I've seen bits of it. I, I think it's one of those things I've sort of sat through without paying any attention to. But I just... I think it was... It seems to me that it was incredibly influential in yeah. how the future has been depicted in a bunch of stuff. It reminded me a lot. I felt like Back to the Future 2 yeah. relies heavily on this uh, 2019. Yeah. The yeah. flying cars are so Back to the Future. Yeah. Uh, and then I saw Ghost in the Shell earlier this year, and that's incredibly looks, they look so similar. And then, uh, you know, when I was reading about the film afterwards to write the intro, that note was on Wikipedia too, mm. that the Ghost in the Shell directors heavily pulled on, uh, on on this because Ghost in the Shell is that sort of Japanese, Japanese anime thing. And yeah. this has a really heavy Asian influence. Yeah. I felt like Fifth Element as well. You yeah. can see a bit of Definitely. that in there. Yeah. Which I thought was better. So yeah. clear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we made about 30 minutes into that. <laughs> Maybe that's a discussion for another day. So uh, visually, it's quite stunning, I think, yeah. the world that uh, I think the world, uh, like, builds. And not only that, like, it is so detailed. Like, 
if you look at like all of the thing, like just the amount of props in each scene, and then the amount of like writing, that, like because everything obviously had to be constructed for each shot. There is so much detail in it. And then I went away and like watched uh, just some trailers for the new Blade Runner afterwards because I was interested. There didn't seem to be nearly as much detail in it. Like the, the world didn't look as lived in as this one. I don't the, know, the chase time. scene. The chase scene is really good. Like when he's mm, oh. he's chasing mm. after the girl and he's running through like what. I would describe as like a almost like a um, an Asian market type thing, but in the future and stuff. Yeah. And that scene is really cool. Where mm. there's, you're right. There's so much detail and and so many different just characters just walking around and stuff. Yeah. And I love Deckard's apartment. Like it's so grimy, yeah. and but it's got these really strange, intricate, almost like building blocks on yeah. the wall, and it's a very Yes, it, like whoever did the set designs and the, oh. the world design, I'm not sure who that is, uh, is did an incredible job. Oh, I think you'll find that that is uh, Jeff Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big fan of Jeff Johnson. Yep, Jeff Johnson's done a lot of films that I enjoyed. What other um, films of Jeff Johnson's have you enjoyed, Aiden? Oh, look, where to start? Where to start? There's so many. Did he work um, on The Fifth Element? Or? Yep, yep, Fifth Element, yep. Um, he did the set design for Toy Story 3. Three, I believe. A lot lot of sets in that. Um, Gone with the Wind is another one of his. And And that old um, uh, Charlie Chaplin film. I think he did that. Yeah, he did some. The the Dictator. He's got a big big (laughs) catalogue with Charlie. Um, And Who Framed Roger Rabbit. So some real classics. (laughs) What was his name again? I've forgotten. Uh... I was so excited for Rutger Hauer. He's he's dropped off the radar. The bad guy, essentially. uh, Roy, the uh, the robot, Mm. the the leader of the replicant rogues. Did you enjoy his performance? I really did. Although his face reminded me of Joffrey Baratheon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not laughing because I have never watched games. Well, that's upsetting. But (laughs) (laughs) no, I really did. Yeah. Like super dynamic actor. Like I was just sucked in every scene. Gives it a real thespian sort of. Yeah. Charge, I think. Did did you find yourself at any point sympathising with him more than, say, Deckard? Uh, yes and no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, because um, obviously um, the replicants have gone through so much crap just to get where they are. They're essentially intelligent slaves yeah. that die yeah. in four years' time, right? Yeah. Um, and then, but Deckard, I mean, he's obviously the main character, so. And Harrison Ford. And he's Harrison Ford, <laughs> handsome Harrison Ford. Does he look younger in this than he does in Star Wars? Absolutely. To me, he does. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about the hair that's very short, cropped. And... Yeah. It's the dim lighting. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> it's just the dim lighting. That's all it is. <laughs> he looks very different. Yeah. A lot Actually, of special effects. I heard that he got a haircut just before filming started and Ridley Scott hated it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> but they were stuck with it. So, <laughs> <laughs> fun fact. Yeah. He wanted yeah. him with the, the full locks. Yeah. I like it. I yeah. think it gives him a sort of hardened look. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I totally, going back to your question about whose side am I on, I one of the things that really bothered me about this movie is that I don't think it paints the replicants in that good a light and they makes them extremely sinister. But I'm like, these are freaking essentially slaves, intelligent slaves that know they're going to die in four years. Yeah. So I totally forgive them for like wanting to kill their creator and do all that sort of gear. And I thought it was complete. I sort of wanted them to survive and escape. I was very frustrated that the movie wasn't more on their side. I thought that was weird. How yeah. did you feel, Aiden? 
Well, I was reminded a lot of Westworld, which mm-hmm. I only know the TV show. I don't know the film. And I was just trying to look up when the actual film came out. Because I would say that Westworld came out before this. I think so. It was like the 70s? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 70s, yeah. 70s yeah. Brenner. Which yeah. I think storyline-wise kind of stole a bit from. Okay. If you, uh, uh, did that cross anyone else's mind, the similarities between that and Westworld? Like, essentially, Westworld well, is, for those that haven't seen it, is uh, it's a theme park that's been built with robots that are made to look like real people, and they're just slaves, really, to their owners, and then they go a bit rogue. I feel and like... that's sort of what's happened in this film. Yeah, you're right. I think with the West... Like, the original movie of Westworld, I haven't seen it in a long time, but... I feel like they weren't sort of rebelling against their sort of programming. They they didn't realize they were slaves. I feel like they got a computer virus and were like, now okay. we kill. Yeah. Okay, 73. I just uh, wow. checked it up on the oh, Google Well, I'm going to come into the movie's defense then. Uh, the movie is based on uh, the Philip K. Dick novel, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, mm. published in 1968. So yeah. if anyone's <laughs> ripping off anyone, it's Westworld. <laughs> But that's a thing. Uh, I've read the book yeah. uh, about a year or two ago. I just thought, I'm going to read some Philip K. Dick. It was just, you know, just seemed like something to do. In the mood and... for a bit of dick? Sorry? In, in the <laughs> mood for a bit of dick? And once you finish one of his, you get a real taste for it and you read another and you get go back for more dick. Just hungry for more dick. You get very hungry for dick. Although I found two dicks was enough. I haven't had a third dick yet. But... Um, I this so this was a really tough experience. I feel like it's really hard for me to be impartial to the movie because I feel like whenever you read a book first and then see the movie, the movie is sort of cast in a more negative light. Have you had that experience, Jennifer? Uh, yeah, Harry Potter. Oh. I would agree with you there. Yeah. I've read all the Harry Potters, hated the films because they left characters out and there was bits plot missing. Plot points, huge plot points were yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. What uh, what particularly is it? Is it the handling of the characters, or just the missing bits of story, or just the missing bits of story? Yeah. Um, I mean, I get obviously why they can't do it. It would be a four hour film, but like in Harry Potter, in the last couple ones with Creature, the house elf, he was supposed to do something huge, and then he just didn't do it in the movies. Yeah. Well, you had the other experience, yeah. Eden, of watching the movie first, then reading the book. Yeah. Uh, so how do you marry the two now? I was really surprised when I read the book and it was so different from the movie. Um, I think I like both of them in their own right. I hadn't seen the movie since I read the book. So as I was watching it just, just recently, I was kind of like, oh, all right, yeah, this is amazing. Visually, this is still a cool noir story. Uh, so I still love the movie. Like, I, I think it's an amazing movie. Yeah, okay, interesting. Well, uh, save uh, some <laughs> of that for the scoring section yeah. of the podcast. But yeah, I find that compared to the book, I just think it lacks, the storytelling lacks subtlety. I, I like the film visually, mm. but I feel like the book is far more sympathetic to its android characters. And Deckard is a far more rich character in the book. Now, of course, like you said, Jennifer, you can do a bit more in books. You have more time to set the character. But like, he has like a nagging wife in yeah. the book. Uh, and there's this, <laughs> everyone's <sheep>. weirdly <laughs> obsessed with this religion yeah. in, in the book. And the, so much of the book is about the fact that, and this is touched on in the movie, that 
a huge status symbol in society is owning a real animal. And yeah. that sort of features in the movie a bit. So a lot of the movie, he, the reason that he starts hunting the replicants in the book is that he wants enough money to buy himself a real sheep or something yeah, like yeah. that. You so a goat? It's, it's really sort of darkly humorous, the book as well. But he's just a richer character. Yeah. And... I, I thought the book was hilarious. Like, I, yeah. as, I, It was so funny. And the movie really doesn't have that element at all no Mm-mm. but like with the animal thing i like i watched the movie when i was really young because my uncle showed it to me on vhs no well, he wanted the, the cool <laughs> uncle that's cool like, uncle cool hey, uncle kid, get a little bit of blade runner in you but <laughs> get some I, dick in you i had just bought the blade runner Too com- <laughs> <laughs> i just bought the blade runner computer game um which was amazing and that entire narrative in the blade runner computer game was about Animals, the, like the animals. What computer game? What, it was, what platform? Like PC? PC, PC, wow. yeah. Really good by Westwood Studios. I thought you were going to say Atari. Oh, that would be incredible. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just like a point and click adventure game where, you know, you're collecting clues and no, stuff yeah, like, like that. Like a Monkey Island yeah. type thing, yeah. It was a really good game, but the whole story was that of the book, essentially, where you where someone has gone into a real pet store and killed all of these animals. <laughs> so you're like, all right, well. I better solve this crime. <laughs> that sounds amazing. It was really good. I wonder if you can get that sort of emulator version. Oh, of I that. wish I could. And at what point in your life, just side note, side note, um, when did you become vegan or uh... vegetarian? <laughs> A year or two after. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thought there might have been some kind of correlation. <laughs> after these messages, we'll be right back. Okay, so it's that point of the show where we uh, we tell you a little bit about what's been floating our pop cultural boats in the past fortnight. So I'm going to give you each a 10 seconds, a strict 10 seconds, uh, as we have been finding out in uh, previous episodes, to plug something that uh, you have been thoroughly enjoying. I'm going to start today with you, Eden. I'm going to give Aiden a little break. <laughs> All right. And see if you can keep to time. Your time, Eden, starts now. All right, I'm going to plug the uh, the uh, folk opera album called <laughs> Hades Town. Of course you are. Yeah, uh, <laughs> by Anais Mitchell. It came out in 2010, but I've heard time it. Time just... is no, up. Oh, damn thankfully. it, really? <laughs> thankfully, your time is up for you uh, to plug your folk opera. What was the name of it again? Hades Town. It's really uh, good. It's a, it was a simple <laughs> question that yeah. didn't need elaboration. <laughs> but if you're like me. Then hanging around is all manhole is bringing you down. All right. Uh, Jennifer, let's cut to you. Uh, Your 10 seconds begins now. Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. Just uh, (laughs) uh, a show um, with drag contestants, drag superstars, RuPaul's there. It's amazing. It's And your time is up. (laughs) Can I I just elaborate on on the 10 seconds that Jennifer had just then? Who is this RuPaul? I don't quite <gasps> understand who he is. I like. I feel like he's popped up on my radar in the last sort you of don't month. Know who RuPaul is, but I don't get him. Who is he? What is he? Where's he come from? Um, basically, he is the world's most famous drag queen. Gotcha. But how did he get to that level of fame? That what you're makes explaining? him better than like, the other w- drag well, like, queens? Was there a particular TV show that he launched off? Or uh, he did. Was like, he a drag um... princess before ascending <laughs> to the throne? <laughs> He did. Uh, he released a song called "Supermodels of the World" okay. in the nineties, like early nineties. Right. I might just drop a little bit of that in right now. Yeah. 
Are you I, any less confused now? I still don't really understand his deal, but whatever. <laughs> All right, Aiden. Well, that brings us to you. Your time begins now. I came with notes. Okay, uh, Go Father in Lightness is the new album from Gang of Youths. I was listening to it on the way here. It's amazing. It's got pu- beautiful piano ballads. Goes into heavy Top. rock. It's awesome. I gave you an extra 0.82 seconds, Aiden, and I'm normally pretty tough on you, so you should feel... <laughs> but I came prepared. I wanted to play nicely this but week. But then you chose to take up some of your valuable time by telling us you had notes. <laughs> <laughs> mate, mate, this guy what? over in the corner, what? Eden goes, well, this week I'd like to tell you about... Mate, these are superfluous words you're using oh, in yours. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I use the English language. <laughs> Full sentence structure. Daniel, your turn. All right, who's timing me? I, I, I need someone else to time me or else I, I, I'm an abuser of time. Okay, hold on. I get my phone out. One Mississippi, two Mississippi. <laughs> All Where's right. The... And... I want everyone to go listen to Willie J. Healy. He's English. He makes rock music. He's young. He's got ginger hair. He's lovely. You'll love him. He's fun. Listen to his album, People and Their Dogs. Sup? Good time. Thank you. That's not fair. I had no time to remember this. I feel like this segment has turned more into how many words you can squeeze into 10 seconds rather than what you're actually talking about. Uh, If you're listening, what do you think? Should we loosen the time (laughs) constraints on the plugs? Uh, Let us know what you think on the social medias. Let's get back to talking about Blade Runner. I have a question for everyone. Um, did you find it weird? And obviously you guys, some of you, I was watching it for the, my first time as well, Jennifer. So I found it really strange when he started kissing what was essentially a, um, well, a sex robot mm-hmm. or like, you know what I mean? Like he's, she's nothing more than a robot. Pleasure bot. And he's sort of, he's sort of into her. He's falling Isn't in love he... with her. I'm like. You're a creep. Is it just me? Or was he also sort of weirdly forceful about He's that? So oh. I, felt, I felt so uncomfortable. Oh, I was like, yeah. oh, the 80s, all right. Hey. I, I had forgotten about that scene, and I think I continually forget about that scene. <laughs> so rapey. It is super rapey. Surely he can just press the, like, submit button or reset or something. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, she's a robot. <laughs> creepy yeah Yeah, it's not good in the book i'm gonna contrast in the book she basically seduces him and forces him into the sex which is a bit more so that he becomes more sympathetic towards the replicant plight (laughs) yeah yeah that's right she's trying to win him over to be a replicant like i like i like to think that harrison ford read the script and he's like "Mm, i just got a couple of notes here um (laughs) i don't think um i'll be dominated in this scene i think i'll be the one doing the dominating thank you if anyone acts rapey it's harrison I've got a uh, random note here. There was a scene in this movie that really, this is real, basically sidetracking completely from actual, you know, <laughs> critical discussion. <laughs> but it was a scene in the film that really reminded me of the fact that hairstyle from different eras can totally stop you from finding someone attractive. <laughs> you talked before, Aiden, about that scene where he's chasing after 
uh, this uh, replicant woman yeah. who's working in a strip club. When that woman first appears, she's got her hair all slicked back. It's it's wet. And you're like, oh, yeah, she's attractive. And then she pops her head in a blow dryer. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else had this thought. And then she comes out and she's got this awful 80s sort of feathery, <laughs> permy, blow dry hair. And I was like, oh, she's now so ugly to me. I know, I know. It's the same scene where you get to see her boobs. And I'm like, I get boobs. But I get a terrible hairstyle. I don't know what to feel right now. <laughs> it's why when you look back at photos of like women from the fifties, it's very hard. I don't know, you can speak in a sec to uh, how the, in a sec how this works for for women to men, mm-hmm. perhaps. But uh, uh, you, you look back and you're like, it's very hard to find them as attractive as you might because they're wearing your grandma's hairstyle. <laughs> You're confused, aren't you, Dan? Yeah, I've got issues. <laughs> what do you think, Jennifer? Well, I mean, like, I loved Rachel's hairstyle, though, as as now a that's chick. the that's the replicant. Yes, that's... Uh, Sean Young. Sean Young. Okay. All, <laughs> side note: All I could think of when Sean Young first came on was laces out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Where's that from? Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura. Oh. Yeah, she's she's like Finkel is Einhorn. <laughs> what is, is Finkel? <laughs> Right. That's all I can think of. But, like, her hairstyle, um, obviously from the 50s and the 40s, like, noir era movies, I thought was so beautiful. No, I'm with you. She was attractive. Yeah. Yeah. And then when her hair was, like, let down, still beautiful. Yeah. But a bit more 80s. A little bit less attractive. I think 80s hair for women, to me, is the least attractive decade for hair. It's probably got something to do with the fact that we were born in the 80s. Yeah. And it's all of, we think of our parents. Yeah, some like yeah. some like anti Oedipus thing or something. Sure, if I knew what that was. <laughs> Eden, do you want to explain? Oh, really? Yeah. For the all listener right. at home that doesn't know what Oedipus is. All right. Well, Oedipus was uh, Oedipus was a, uh, a character in a, in a Sophocles play. Who, uh, Not that much detail. Oh, sorry, I don't know where to start. <laughs> He was a guy who uh, killed his father and married his mother. Born in sixteen hundred <laughs> BC, Sophocles was raised Scurried in a small away town. to another place, Corinth. <laughs> right. I know my Greek stories, Dan. <laughs> a friend of mine that listens to this podcast said to me the other day that um that Eden guy on the podcast he's playing it up, isn't he? He's a guy. <laughs> He's a character. Like he, right. he's like picked as the nerdy one, isn't he? I'm like, I want his name. No, I want no, this no. guy's name. He's, he's legit. He's he's actually <laughs> like that. Uh, I uh, really love when you watch old movies about the future, looking at the way those movies essentially just have to carry on the technology of their time. So you're looking at this highly futuristic society in which people are still using payphones, carrying around photos, like <laughs> physical photos of loved ones, and how like all the technology, like especially computer screens, there are still that real crappy green text on black <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm really hoping this is... Uh, I'm really hoping that when they release this sequel, that it sort of keeps a bit of the vibe. I feel like that's one of the weaknesses, and I think, Eden, you might speak into this, of the Aliens, the new Aliens films, is that when you watch the original Aliens, the the tech is so Commodore 64, and suddenly you're going to sort of prequel movies, but the tech is completely different and yeah. it's kind of frustrating it's really frustrating like that you've established a world yeah the movie was released in the 70s but you've like established a look for this universe 
Keep that lock. And it's fine. I, I kind of think the justification of why that might be is kind of fun to run through in your head. Why, why doesn't everyone, anyone have a mobile phone in this era? Yeah. Is it because they give you brain cancer? Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. Right? Like, For some reason, they decided not to have them. For some reason, they decided to have crappy green CRT <laughs> monitors. That's exciting. Can I, can I ask a question? Yeah. Is that where that uh, the joke where everyone's going, enhance... <laughs> I think so, yeah. Yeah, they're like... Uh... I'm going to have to take you up on that. That is not from um, whatever you're referencing. That is from Super Troopers, uh, where he's staring at the screen going, enhance, enhance, enhance. That's Super Troopers. Was that Super Troopers referencing Blade Runner? Yeah. Could be. Mm. Yeah. May not be. I'm not sure. But I know it's definitely in Super Troopers. Look, Eden's got your nerd <laughs> knowledge. I have your stoner films covered. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really love that. that. That took me back to Enemy of the State. Like, you know, oh. people can always do things with films that in films with photos that you can't it's do in real impossible, life. Impossible, yeah. Like, an like, Enemy <laughs> of the State was a great one. It was set in the year it was released. And they're, like, getting a photo and spinning it 360 so someone <laughs> got their back to camera, you can see their face. You're like, hang on, what magical technology is this? Will Smith can do anything. He's amazing. All right, uh, well, it is time to get to the scores. So, Jennifer, we have a, a few different categories we score in. If uh, you want to give it the maximum score in a category, you go five. If you want to go low, give it zero. So the first score is the iPhone test. Is it compelling uh, totally engaging so that you are not on Facebook or whatever you do on your mobile phone? Um, I'd give it a two um, because some of those shots were so long and I got it. I, I, I see it on the screen and then it kept going. So I was like, oh, well, just check what's happening in the universe today. <laughs> yeah. And it just, it still kept going. Just yeah. drags a little oh, bit. Oh, dragged a lot. Does that drag <laughs> less with the voiceover, Eden? Does that fill in some of those gaps, perhaps? Uh, I can't actually remember. I, cause I, I don't... Oh, yeah, you've you've seen the voiceover one. The voiceover doesn't actually go for that long. No, like, I was going to say, yeah. It was... it's, it's actually only like a few sentences here and there. It's yeah. not big, long monologues. No. So you still have that same drag. In it changes the... the ending more than anything. Okay. Yeah, I think the voiceover. All right, uh, Aiden, what did you think? Uh, this scores a zero for Ooh. iPhone. Um, it doesn't even uh, rate on the Aiden is scale. I've, I've had the iPhone. I pulled out my laptop to do some work emails. Um, yeah, no, I was 100% distracted. Aiden, start oh, man. <laughs> I'm getting hot flushes. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I understand that, yeah, like, nowadays the movie is can be a tough watch, but it is so visually stunning. Like, the, the, the everything in every single frame of the movie just seems so important. I'm going to give it a four, and the only reason I'm not giving it a five is because the last time I watched it, I was, like, checking out all the trivia stuff about it, because I was like, oh my god! Is that almost elevated above a five? Like, where you're so engaged, you have to learn more about nah, the movie on the know. spot? Uh... No, I'm going to go four. I'm going to go four. four. I'm going to go two as well. I like that too, Jennifer. I feel like, yeah, like I, I, I was pretty engaged. But yeah, there was just a few spots where I was like, yeah, sort of, there's nothing much happening here. I'll, uh, you know, 
distract myself. So two from me. The next category is uh, cultural significance. Do you feel, now that you've finally seen Blade Runner, that you have seen something of high cultural significance that uh, enhances you as a cinema watcher and sci-fi fan? Um, yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, from before watching it, I knew the score for some reason. Like, I knew... The music is great. Oh, Vangelis. Music, yeah. Yeah like, yeah, like, oh. But I don't know how, but I knew it. Yeah. Is Vangelis also Chariots of Fire? Is that him yes, as well? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah it is. Oh, he had a real moment there in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it um, a he? I assume it's a person. <laughs> what? Well, like, not a band it's called not Vangelis. A it's not a robot from the film putting together these songs. <laughs> Um, but ultimately, I'll, I, I give it a three, like a solid three. Solid three. Yeah. Aiden? I'm going to hit you with a zero again, Aiden. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and here's why. I had I'd heard of the film, but I'd confused it with Tron in my mind <laughs> when, when I was thinking about the film. I thought it was Tron. That's I've, a slap in the face for after, any oh, serious sci-fi fan. After watching it, it still doesn't, like I'd, I'd, nothing else from, from my knowledge has referenced it that I've ever seen. Um, I I don't think I learned anything from watching this. I don't know. I'm sorry. I just I got nothing from it. I think. Well, no. I, I was trying to. I was like trying to think about Simpsons episodes that might have referenced it, and I couldn't think of any. That's what I mean. Of, yeah, standout references. Um, I, yeah, I couldn't. Like nothing really jumped out at me as like a major pop culture thing. I. <clears throat> But I still feel like it's an important movie. I feel like it's an important piece of science fiction. Like, uh, the, ignoring the book, which I think is also a major piece of science fiction, I think the movie is an important piece. I'm, I'm going to go five just for importance to science fiction. I feel like you're trying to compensate. <laughs> yes, I am. Yes, I am indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at Eden's pre-podcast uh, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, look, I am so torn. I feel like it's beautifully made. It It's something that... I feel like everyone's sort of heard of Blade Runner. What, but why is it called Blade Runner? Why are they Blade Runners, the people that hunt replicants? Is well, that, that at all actually, referenced? That is referenced in the voiceover at the beginning, I think. He says that he is a Blade Runner, which is a job title for those that mm. are tracking down the um But why robots. is that the job why title? Is that the co- why is it called that? Are they, they're called that in the... No, they're not called that in the hmm. Philip K. Dick Good novel. Question, I don't, I don't think. know. But... I'm pretty sure they're not. Yeah. I mean, it sounds cool and sci-fi. Probably Blade Runner. I think that's the answer. Well, it kind of sounds like some sort of futuristic cops on inline skates <laughs> sort of movie, doesn't it? But uh, yeah, I'm super torn. I, I don't even know. I'm just going to give it a two and a half. I feel like it's significant-ish. It's a big part of the science fiction canon, and if it points you to the book, I think it's a great thing because the book is really good. Uh, next category, Aiden. Interrupt us. Sorry. Uh, I do need to point out that when it does come to culturally significant things, something that is referenced in the film, and I don't know whether all of you guys saw this, is New Coke, which was released around the same time, which completely bombed and (laughs) uh, was removed from shelves because nobody bought it. And then the Coke released like original Coke or classic Coke. Um, And some say that that had something to do with the film's... um, downfall or doomedness. It was sort of a curse that was put on the film according to um, online things. Yeah, what, I read what? that too. There's other, there's all of the companies that get billboard and yeah. advertising placement in the movie 
had terrible downturns in the 80s. So there is like a bit of a Blade Runner curse. Wow. Like there's Atari and different <laughs> groups like that. Yeah. Although weren't there only like four ads that played the entire time on those buildings? Yeah, there's that one with that Asian The lady. Asian woman yeah. like doing the sort of like food thing like that. Oh, so yeah. you got Atari, Bell, Pan Am and New Coke. Oh, yeah. Pan Am um, no longer exists. <laughs> Bell is in Pac- Packard Bell? I don't know what Bell and they... Well, we don't know what it is, so... Okay, yeah, <laughs> good point. It's probably not been well. Hard yeah. on them. <laughs> All right, so the next category is returnability. Is this a f- film that you would happily watch again? Probably not, actually. I think this is a one and done for me, so I'm going to have to give it a zero. <laughs> Ooh, another zero. Donuts all round. Aiden. Um, I believe it's triple uh, zero in Australia to call <laughs> to call the emergency number, and that's what I'm giving it. It's another zero from me, Eden. Bump, How? Bump us up with the five. <laughs> How is that I'm not going back to that. Oh my god! <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> like I, I feel like every time I watch the movie, and I've seen it a lot of times, I feel I get like more out of it in every watching. <laughs> I'm going five. <laughs> Compensation. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna give it a one. I would watch it again, but not really willingly. Uh, next category is the partner friendly category. So, this is a good uh, movie to watch with, you know, boy, girl, someone that you're interested in, Jennifer? Um, since I'm a craft single at the moment, <laughs> um, I'll use my housemate. And she loves this movie. Mm. She would give this a five for rewatchability. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, my housemate gives, yeah, five. Sure, five. Beautiful. Five for partner friendly. Good on the housemate. <laughs> Aiden, did um, you watch this with your missus? She walked in and out. I, she said something that I thought was interesting, that she found it very similar to Dirty Harry, the first film that we ever did. And I could see similarities because it is a grumpy sort of cop-type character yeah. um, that's sort of living out his days. Um, Slow periods with yeah. little bursts of action. Yeah, yeah, it's just set in, in space in the future and whatnot. Um, so with that in mind, zero. <laughs> <laughs> Eden? Uh Kirsty loves the movie. Oh, I bet she does. Absolutely <laughs> loves it. I'm, I'm going to independently verify that. <laughs> you I do like that. You're you just trying to that. pump up the scores here, buddy. <laughs> you send Kirsty a message right now because she loves it. She saw it. I, I don't know if she saw it, saw it in school or... Uh, I know I had a lot of friends who saw it in school and hated it. Like had to study it. Had to study it right. and that really... But then they saw it later on and enjoyed it. Yeah, sure they did. They did. They did. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> What are you giving it? I'm giving it five for Kirsty. My wife was one of those students that was forced to study it in high school and therefore hates it with a passion, like just strongly refused to see any of it with me. I was like, but surely you only hate things because you are forced to study yeah. them. And that, to me, is a very real effect. Yeah. Like, do, yep. We all went through that. What's yeah. something that we... See if we can quickly rattle off something that you were forced to read or watch in high school that you hated, that you think you secretly might like now. Looking for Ella Brandy is the first one that comes to oh. mind for me. I actually think that probably is a good film, a good Australian film, but I had to watch it and read it and hated it because yeah. of it. Uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape? I en- I've seen it since and I enjoyed it, but hated it. Oh, at I hated it so goddamn much. Uh, Sunset Boulevard. Oh, oh nice. Yeah. 
wicked. Well, I think I'd be into it now. Yeah. I've had about 10 years of space, so I'm into it now. What do you make your kids watch, Dan? Uh, we don't really do much watching in uh, in my class. We're a bit young for good watching. Yeah. It's primary school, so there's nothing I really want to watch to make force them to watch. But uh, I had to read The Hobbit, and I hated reading The Hobbit in high school. But I suspect I might sort of enjoy The Hobbit yeah. now. So I had to read The Hobbit in primary school. Like my teacher read it to oh. me. I think we were in grade six. Um, and loved it right. because she read it, and it was like each day after lunch we'd sit down for ten minutes, read a page or two of The Hobbit, and then continue on. She's just a pretty teacher who you liked looking at while she read? (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so for me, yeah, partner score is uh, another big fat zero. Let's have uh, a little break in the action now. And the break is just so Eden can repair his heart. (laughs) (laughs) So sad. We'll return after these messages. All right, Jennifer, well, we've got you in to talk about Blade Runner, a movie that you hadn't seen before. We want you now to tell us about something that you have seen or listened to a whole bunch of times, something you love. I'm going to give you 30 seconds to uh, to evangelize to our listener base and to tell them what this thing is and why they should get into it. Well, basically, Pokemon, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> what Pokemon type? All. Wow. Video games, wow. the card games. Sorry, how old are you? I'm 27. <laughs> <laughs> she says proudly. <laughs> it's not just for kids anymore, you guys. It's an adult's world out there for Pokemon. No, fanatics. it's just for just for the kids that grow have grown up with it. That's still just kids. Shut up. <laughs> so you're talking Pokemon Go? Is that still a thing? Oh, I'm over that. So not oh, Pokemon. Everything no. but Pokemon Go. <laughs> I, I but knew that Pokemon Damn. Go had Damn, dropped out. Damn, we're all over yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, 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 come on. What? Come on, <laughs> <laughs> come so on what, Dad. What, uh, uh, you're at 40, but I'm so intrigued. Yeah. Uh, we're going to continue. Uh, what? What is? Where do people start if they want to get into Pokemon? What's your gateway to Pokemon? Well, I feel like the ones that are over 23... You, you know, you would have started at Pokemon Red or Blue, like the first games, right? Sure. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Just nodding my head. I remember my local hotel as a kid had a Pokemon game. You know when they yeah. when hotels tried to be real family friendly and put like Playstations in the corner uh, and oh, yeah. stuff? Mm-hmm. That had a Pokemon game and I just couldn't understand. It seems so boring. You're like, I want to fight and you just press a button and the thing does it all for you. Well, very boring. You've just described Mortal Kombat as well. Yeah, <laughs> well you have to press lots of buttons. You have to press lots of buttons. <laughs> quickly. In it's a, very different. In a combination. <laughs> left, right, left, right, jump, jump, left, right, star, seven, hash. I'd play Pokemon if there were like epic Pokemon fatalities. Like, you know, like the, the rip well, out. Well, there is that Pikachu's new... But, but hold on a second. Like, Dan, you, play, like, you have played Magic the Gathering in the past. <laughs> I'm, yeah, yeah, okay. I... Hey, buddy, <laughs> you, you bring it up once on a podcast. Doesn't mean it gets brought up again on it's basically <laughs> It's basically the 80s version of Pokemon. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's like a slightly more childish version of Magic the Gathering. <laughs> I, I like that you're well, like just belittling it a little bit there. Yeah, yeah, well, I have to tear someone else down to bring myself up. <laughs> so you're saying, like, are you talking about the card game predominantly? No. It, computer games? Mainly the video games, yeah. What about what about cartoons? Is that still a thing? Oh, the anime's still on. I don't watch it anymore, but You it's said still on. at the start, <laughs> every, every, every Pokemon, Pokemon thing, and now you're shutting down all the other Get Pokemon things. I've seen the anime. Yeah. Is it I, good? I mean, like the originals were, sure. Not anymore, though. Well, I don't know. The animation changed, and I was like, no, no. thank you, ma'am. 
So, Lost yeah. its way after like, like the 20th season or yeah. something. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. like The Simpsons. Oh, yeah, yeah I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> Dan, Aiden, have you played any Pokemon or experienced Pokemon in any way? No. Because I haven't. No, I, really. I would say that, how old did you say you were, Jennifer? 20, 27. Yeah, we're just a tiny bit older than you, and I was too old for it when mm-hmm. it sort of became big in Australia. So mm. I'm I'm 31, that that four years well, or so. not much at all, but there I is. know, but yeah, like I was, I reckon I was sort of 15 when it was becoming cool. And yeah. at that point I was too cool for Pokemon, <laughs> or at least I was in my mind. I had a bunch of friends in primary school who were into it and it was like really popular. This was like the card game though. Yeah. And then it, like, I just didn't get into it. I just, I just missed it. Yeah. Got sad. <laughs> no, I was just like you, Aiden. I'm, I'm a couple of years older than you. And so I remember being like pretty late high school when, all the little primary school kids I knew were getting into Pokemon, and yeah, I just missed that boat. But all right, so that's uh, that's your plug. <laughs> Did not Go see that coming. Still and think... get into Pokemon. <laughs> I still think it could be a first time for us at some point. Uh, I think this three minutes forty of Pokemon chat is about <laughs> all I can endure. All right, let's get back to talking about Blade Runner. So the thing is, I. Honestly, didn't think that it would be that greatly despised. I really I, hated it. Wow, I, it's very slow. <laughs> I was I was coming here thinking this is going to be our top rated one. Oh, more than the yeah. shining. Yeah, I thought like no. I, I, I think. I, oh man, we need like. Whew. Yeah, we need to do. Uh, for me, it's just how something being so old really hurts yeah. me. I like, like I, just, I like I can't uh, movies. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I get too easily distracted and but can't. That's do where it. I feel like Shining was out of the ballpark. Like it's old, Which, but, but so I was watching it, going, "This is clearly just freaking great." Yeah, filmmaking. and I could like, respect that. Like, yeah, I, like I hate yeah. horror, but I could see how good that was. Nice, yeah, but the Shining is like yeah, good. excellent cinema. All right, well, the scores are in. Eden oh. is on the edge of his seat. His oh precious Blade Runner has taken a pounding with many a donut. <laughs> in Brace our yourself, scores. buddy. Yeah. And I am semi delighted to say, oh. if only for the look on Eden's face, that Blade Runner is our. Second lowest rated <laughs> pop culture experience. Oh my god! Rating only two points above the music of Enya. Oh what? <laughs> what? <laughs> no way! And at this point, we've had a few episodes now. Like we've got a bit of a board now. There's at lower least... than oh. Breakfast Club, lower than Rocky Horror Picture Show, Dirty oh. Harry, Forrest Gump, oh. uh, The Shining, of course, in first place. So, yeah, The Blade Runner is the lowest oh movie that we have watched. <laughs> the lowest ranked movie second, we have watched. Second lowest thing we've done. Yes, yes, second lowest thing we've done. And over time, it will probably only get lower. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, my God. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Such a beautiful movie. The big monologue at the end. No, no, no. We got that. We got it all. Yeah, I've yeah, seen yeah. things you we people wouldn't believe. Attack ships on it fire. It was the, on the rest of the movie we had to endure before the monologue. <sighs> Rutger Howard doing the like weird wolf calls. <laughs> <laughs> I did like the ending monologue. It's so I did good. like it. 
Yeah, because the movie was over. Like, that's what <laughs> was signifying the end. Like, I know they should have done this. Early. I don't know what I hated about the ending. Yeah. Was, I hate when villains toy with the person they're trying to kill. And, and Daryl <laughs> Hannah does that. She's, like, about to kill him. Then she's like, no, actually, I'm going to do a little gymnast tumble down this <laughs> corridor and give him a chance to shoot me. But then, <laughs> then Harrison Ford gets the Indiana Jones in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that was such it's a, a shooter. crap moment. That was the moment I knew I didn't like the movie. Oh. <laughs> Poor Pris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jennifer, thank you so much for joining us today oh, and thanks. enduring the hell of Blade Runner. <laughs> uh, Jennifer, what have uh, you got that you can uh, point our audience towards? What are you doing oh, with your little, acting little, abilities? Little plug. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to be in an audio drama coming up mm. November 30. High um, culture. Yes. <laughs> um, Phoenix Files, Ma- The Man in the Shadows. Um, it's a three-part, um, audio book extravaganza, uh, based off, um, some young teen, uh, sci-fi novels. Okay. Uh, cool. by an Australian author. Um, I should probably pull up his name. That'd be... <laughs> we'll, we'll edit this. That'd be a professional <laughs> thing. By, uh, uh, Chris Morphew. Um, so, yeah, that's coming out November 30. So where, you, uh... where can people get it? Um, they can get it on Amazon, uh, iTunes, um, any place they can get audiobooks, really. Cool. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Yeah, I'm playing a six-year-old, yo. Great. <laughs> that's where the Pokemon really comes that's, back in. Oh, look. <laughs> <laughs> you really take that role seriously, don't you? You submerge yourself with the culture of six-year-olds. Oh, you got me. You got me. <laughs> <laughs> method. Method voice actor. Uh, well, thank you very much for joining us, Jennifer. Uh, uh, tune in next time where the three of us, Eden, Aiden, and myself, are going to be pursuing something that Aiden has never done before, the delightful... Lee, hard to do, <laughs> sweaty Bikram yoga. I was confused where that was going for a moment there with the sweaty and the hot and the, yeah. No, 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 I'm excited. Let's do it. Let's get the downward dog on. Thank you for listening. I'm going to end with a little bit of Willie J. Healy because I do the editing and so I can do further plugs for the things I like. stand out front. Suburban kids are dying